Oh, thank you, Joe. Good morning, everyone. That's wonderful. I love that new song. Um, I've got the privilege of speaking about Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing. And about how um, he fulfilled some of the prophetic words that Pete was talking about. We're going to be talking about um, Isaiah 61. So in Luke 4, Jesus reads from Isaiah 61. It says, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue as he always did on the Sabbath day. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the roll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and where it's written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach the prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's acceptance has begun. So those in the synagogue at the time will have been familiar with the message. Luke goes on to say, after he had read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the minister and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. I just love this. There was obviously something very palpable in the atmosphere, something very intriguing and authoritative about Jesus and his manner. The people were on tenterhooks. They were expecting more from him and they got it. Because then Luke says, then he added, these scriptures came true today in front of you. So right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus states that the spirit is on him to bring good news to the poor. This is who he is and what his mission and his purpose are. The people's reactions to him were mixed as they were all through his ministry. Some were impressed, some were intrigued, some were even excited, but others judged him. They were fearful and they were suspicious. Now, as we look at Jesus's life, there's obvious evidence that he fulfilled this mandate. He brought hope to the poor. He brought freedom and healing to the brokenhearted, sight to the blind, freedom to prisoners, to those who were locked in fear or in demonic activity. And he ushered in a new kingdom, a new way of living. He responded to the outcast, to the lonely, to the sick. He noticed and he had time for women and children and he fed the hungry. And the good news is that Jesus is still doing this today. He offers healing, hope, life, and freedom to us today. This is really good news. It, he's still the same and he still has the same power, the same love and compassion for his people is still as strong and he is still as strong as ever. His invitation is for us to respond today so if you're heartbroken if you need hope if you need healing if you need freedom Jesus is just waiting he'd love to meet with you today but Jesus is also still doing this today through his body through us as a church as we are in Christ and as we are his body whichever local church we're part of we are also the fulfillment of this prophecy so at Oasis, we often say that Isaiah 61 is part of our DNA. There have been various ministries that have been birthed from Oasis over the many years, bringing hope, bringing healing, bringing freedom, 
such as Oasis Family Life, which worked with families, G-Zone, which was a kids club, which ran for seven years based in Melbourne. We held a banquet, which was like a Christmas dinner for the homeless. And currently we take a lead in our city um, on the Chelmsford Food Bank. So the story of the food bank is that in kind of 2010, I think it was, Oasis moved out a meeting at Kegs on a Sunday morning and we got the amazing opportunity of moving into the building, which was at the time the waterfront place down by the river in the middle of town. Um, and when we began that move, the elders at the time had a heart for us to use that building to serve the community. And they just wondered about what about hosting a food bank? It was one of those ideas, one of those comments, one of those kind of quips in a conversation. Um, but when it was mentioned at a church meeting, I'd never heard of food banks, but, but something in me stirred. I'd been involved in um, various ministries before, but at that point something stirred again. I went home and I looked at trust, up the Trussell Trust on the internet. On the front page of their website, they had the story of a couple with an 18 month old daughter who had had to go to their next door neighbor because they had nothing to give her to eat that evening. This wasn't a million miles from here. It wasn't in Essex, but it wasn't that far. The neighbors were able to give them a can of soup. They, the family then got themselves to their local food bank the next day and they found the help and support that they needed. As I read this story, it really hit home with me. At the time, my son was 18 months old and the thought of getting to that point of desperation really impacted me. I had a conversation with the leaders of the church and others in and around Oasis and we started to pursue setting up food bank here in Chelmsford. We opened actually eight years ago this week, the 16th of July. So we've had our eighth birthday this week. Food is only part of what Food Bank is about though. Although the food in itself offers hope, not just because it meets such a basic need, it brings relief from the anxiety of worrying about where the next meal comes from, but also because it's such a demonstration of the care, of the kindness, of the generosity of the public who've donated. So many people we see say it restores their faith in the community around them. And many are overwhelmed when they receive their food. We often have comments like, how did you know we like that? But Food Bank is about far more than that. It's about seeing people as individuals, as Jesus did, and treating them with the love, the care, the respect, the honor, and the acceptance that they deserve. It's about listening to their stories without judgment, and, but with empathy and compassion. It's about offering hope and words of life in any way that we can. It's about empowering and believing in individuals, putting tools in their hands to address the issues that need addressing. It's about encouraging and facilitating partnership working between agencies and between churches. It's about having the opportunity to pray with people, to follow the prompting of Holy Spirit on us, to see healing, whether that's physical or emotional. 
Now, COVID does make this a challenge to us physically today, but we are finding ways to love on people despite not being able to meet with them in our, in our centres in person. Food Bank is about the broader church fulfilling Jesus's mandate and bringing the kingdom of God to Chelmsford today. Roy is going to chat with Pete and Leo about his experiences of being involved with Food Bank. Well, um, as well as hearing that, um, so yeah, I want to just go back to the passage that um, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 61, because in it he goes on to say, of those who have been healed, restored, comforted, given hope, that in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. So that's Isaiah 61 verses 3 and 4. God has significant purpose for those who have experienced poverty. Far more than just the removal of poverty, the destiny of the poor is to rebuild the broken cities. The movement that transforms nations is started by the broken. So therefore, when God wants to rebuild, to awaken a city, he's going to call those of us who are people of compassion so that we can journey with and empower those who are previously filled with lost pain and hurt so that they can be filled with the spirit of God and bring life to our cities. I feel like God is calling us as a church, uh, a local church, um, a regional church, a national church, to dream again. I feel like this period of time that we've been going through has felt limiting in many ways, but the truth is that we've been set free. We are free. Jesus has set us free. We're free in our minds. We're free in our hearts. And we're free in our imaginations to dream. To be saying to God, how do I partner with you to equip, train, release others to see the kingdom come in my city? It starts with finding space with God. It starts with allowing ourselves to be impacted by the pain and suffering of those around us of not giving in to compassion or, at the moment, pandemic fatigue, but intentionally softening our hearts and allowing God to show us and give us his compassion, to allow him to breathe into us, giving us bigger hearts for a better city. I want to just finish by sharing the story of a boy named Bill. Abandoned on a street corner by his mother at the age of 12, young Bill sat and waited for her on that corner. He waited three days, but she never came back for him. A Christian man who was on his way to see his son in the hospital stopped and asked if he was okay. Anybody could have stopped, but thankfully it was a Christian man who did. After getting him some food, this man then paid for Bill to attend a Sunday school camp. Never having heard the message of the gospel before, that summer camp is where Bill first heard about Jesus. Nobody would pray for him at the altar because of how badly he looked and smelled. 
So all alone, he attempted his own prayer to God saying, my mother doesn't want me. The Christians don't want me. But if you want me, here I am. And that was the start of his own personal relationship with Jesus and his incredible walk with God. Bill's own life testimony has given him a unique perspective and a heart of compassion for children growing up in situations just like he did. Children born into difficult circumstances, surrounded by violence, alcohol, abuse, neglect, abandonment and poverty. Bill knows from his own personal experience that hopelessness and pain can only truly be met by the love of Christ and that no matter your humble circumstances and beginnings, God still has a special plan for each and every life. Pastor Bill established Metro World Child, formerly Metro Ministries in 1980 in Bushwick, Brooklyn, in what was one of New York's toughest neighborhoods at the time. It was most commonly known for its history of gang violence, crime, drugs, and poverty. In the earlier years of his work, Pastor Bill was beaten, he was stabbed, he was even shot. He, however, persevered and refused to leave the neighborhood, believing that the situation wasn't hopeless, that the children and their families just didn't have any hope. He persisted on in doing Sunday school programs and reaching children with the hope of Jesus, eventually expanding into all five boroughs of the New York City and many other places around the world as well. You can read more about the amazing work that Metro World Child does online. There's a food bank, a child sponsorship program around the world, as, as well as many other kids groups and kids clubs. Thousands and thousands, possibly even millions of kids have been impacted because of Bill. Yeah. But actually, because of that one Christian guy who spotted this bedraggled, lost, hopeless, abandoned child on the street corner and obeyed the promptings of the Holy Spirit to not just walk by. So that might be what God's asking of you. Just don't walk past stop for the one you never know how god will use that one act of compassion but let's ask him let's have our hearts stretched and broken let's dream again can't think of a better way to kind of finish our times and to reflect than to worship and so i'm going to just hand us back to joe